Welcome to the Mind Ramp Podcast. This is Michael Patterson. This episode of the Mind Ramp Podcast takes advantage of another radio interview conducted by Robin Gunn. You've been hearing us on the Rise and Thrive OSJ Radio Hour, which is the Oklahoma Senior Journalist. This is a follow-up program in which uh, Roger and I introduced the idea of coronavirus cabin fever. After summarizing the discussion from last week, Robin brought in two additional guests, Julie Davis from Concordia Life Plan Community in Oklahoma City, and Marilyn Olson, Executive Director of Villages, Oklahoma City. The idea was to ask them how their residents and members are coping with cabin fever and how they're continuing to serve their clients through virtual means. The show is conducted virtually with the four guests being piped in on a conference call, so I apologize for the less than ideal audio quality. So last week, Roger and Michael, uh, we talked about the silver lining to cabin fever. I want to ask um, if you could just go over and kind of recap what that was about last week for those maybe that didn't hear. Yeah, let me jump in here. This is Michael. Um, what we are saying is that given this new situation with the coronavirus pandemic, we're all probably susceptible to what we're calling cabin fever. And that's kind of a metaphor for this new normal that we have where uh, if we're being responsible, we're staying at home and people are being confined to their rooms and uh, their apartments. So being shut up in a room for an extended period of time has some consequences, some of them good, but some of them bad. The, the sort of on the bad side, the evidence seems to show that um, it can take you in two opposite directions. Some people get stir crazy, they get irritable and agitated and just want to, you know, get out of the house and go outside, which they should not do. Uh, other people go the other direction and get depressed and withdrawn. So what we were talking about last week was how do we find the silver lining? How do we you know, make sure that we don't get sucked in by all the negatives, sure. but use this lemonade out of lemons, if you will. Mm-hmm. And part of what we talked about from the mind ramp point of view, well, well, for everybody's point of view, it's, it's good to have a plan. Amen. You know, sit down and have a plan so that you know what you're doing. We talked about our MAPS method, which is motivate yourself, assess what your, your situation, make a plan, put it into action, and then develop the skills you need to actually stick with the plan. And the uh, you had talked with Roger about the cognitive interventions. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger teaches a course on cognitive activity design. Yeah, Roger? Michael, yeah, let me go back one step, and that's to your MAPS method, motivation. Robin, we've got the motivation. We know we're going to be inside four walls for a period of time with whoever is there at the time, and that's looking for a change that we want to go to the assessment of the maps. Assess what you have, who's there, and then get the knowledge, and that's why we've got a four-step process in our new virtual cognitive activity design. The first thing you have to know is what are the signs? of someone either withdrawing Mm. or let's focus on the agitation. There's a checklist that science has learned what are those signs, and we've got those that we're teaching people through this new course that we're uh, teaching as of this morning at the college, but we're also doing this with the training we'll talk about later. But 
once a family or a group knows the signs, the goal is to have a plan so that those signs don't become dangerous. It's like a firefighting team mm. that has the equipment planned in advance so that if there is a spark that starts smoking and some fire is going to catch with someone getting irritated, we need the tools and the training to put that out quickly. So that's getting remedies. So we're going to get to the upside of opportunities after we talk a little bit about those interventions that could happen quickly if people have, just like the villages, a plan mm. just in case someone is afflicted with cabin fever and it mm. hits every age bracket from little kids to teenagers to all the rest of us. That's right. It sure is. A lot of these interactions, a lot of these communications are going to have to be virtual now because we yes. can't, you know, be with people. And I'm, I'm delighted that we're getting a chance to talk to both Julie um, and Marilyn because they're right on the front lines now of working in situations where they have to serve their members and their residents, mm -hmm. but, but they have to do it from a distance. They have yes. to do it virtually. And it's incredibly challenging. I'm eager to hear how they're dealing with it and, uh, you know, the problems that they're running into. Robin asked Julie Davis how Concordia Life Plan Community, a senior living community, is coping with coronavirus-induced cabin fever. This is Julie. Um, I, I will say that it, it's really been an interesting dynamic. I call residents daily um, just to check in and see how they're doing. Um, and I'm not the only one. There's a team of staff members that are committed to calling our residents on a daily basis and mm. just touching base and, and uh, you know checking in with them. So obviously that's a virtual conversation, although it's a telephone. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the first of our technologies and <laughs> what some are very com comfortable and familiar with. So, um, But what I did is I had an opportunity to just um, do a, um, an evaluation, if you will, hmm. of what types of technology they were comfortable with. Do you have an email? How often do you use it? Uh -huh. Do you have a PC? Do you have an iPad? How do you use it? Um, and what I found was a lot of them actually are armed with other opportunities for communication, but they haven't used it ah. in all of the different ways that it can be utilized. Okay. So it was a learning opportunity. Um, and uh, so we're, you know, in the process of trying to um, collect the data. Uh, so I started with collecting email addresses, and hmm. um, and some we had, you know, some had shared those because they use them pretty frequently, and others had not. So, um, so I sent out a video that I did ah. um, just to connect with them, and and I, you know, but we started with a phone call. I'm going to send you an email, and Perfect. it has a safe link hmm. because a lot of them are kind of intimidated by searching and, and by opening a link that's attached to an email because they've heard that that can corrupt your you know, right. computer or whatever. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So uh, while there are some um, challenges, uh, it's also presented some amazing opportunities. So, yes. uh, and, and we've all decided we're going to be a lot more tech savvy by the <laughs> end of this gig. So, <laughs> I know. I'm learning things with my nieces. You know, I'm, I am doing yeah. the silver lining uh, with my nieces uh, as, you know, yeah. all together in our little cabin. And they are right. teaching me so much. And I'm so grateful for it. Right. So, well, they're 
learning a lot too. I think that's the important thing is right. that people realize that every generation, um, you know, has a different perspective perhaps, but they're all having an opportunity to learn something new in this new normal. Mm-hmm. It's new for everybody. <laughs> so exactly. None of us have been here before. So I think it's a great opportunity for all of us. Julie's example, she didn't doesn't know that she's doing it, but she's following the math method. You know, mm-hmm. she's motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she did an assessment, you know, mm. very, very smart to do the assessment first, because that then stimulates your creativity because you know what's capable, you know, what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she, then you can create, a, a, you know, a more of a sensible plan and talk about your silver lining. You know, there's an immediate <laughs> silver lining. Everybody is learning. Right. Uh, suddenly <laughs> they're learning things that they uh, hadn't thought, you know, in both cases. I'd like to reinforce some of the virtual communications Julie mentioned. First, she did daily phone calls to each resident, so she's using the phone. And while she was on the phone, she did a phone audit of the virtual communication capabilities that her residents had. And she realized that residents had access to technologies and virtual capabilities that they weren't using. So this lays the groundwork for future educational programs. She also sent around a video, but it was interesting that she preceded uh, that by a phone call in which she told the residents that she was going to send an email with a safe attachment. She wanted to allay residents' fears of being hacked or having their computer exposed to malware. Robin then turned the conversation over to Marilyn Olson, who is the executive director of Villages, Oklahoma City. Marilyn, how about you? Look at every opportunity, and so that includes paper. Mm. So we're doing mailings. Okay. Uh, phone. We're doing phoning uh, weekly. Uh, we then are trying to be creative. For example, uh, we all have in our homes some old Christmas cards that were not used in the last box or two, <laughs> and so we're using those as opportunity, just crossing out uh, the uh, inappropriate information and making it relevant to today. And I mean, because we can have Christmas in. March or April uh-huh. or whatever we choose. So the great thing about this virtual business is it's whatever we think of. I mean, this is the greatest opportunity ever. Oh, my so we are excited about utilizing everything um, and looking at it in a new way. And that's the challenge, is that we have to think differently, and that is a decision. And each person gets to make their own decision. No one can make you. Um, as Roger often says, the brain is a do-it-yourself job. And so this is a perfect opportunity to test out what we've been working toward for the last year and a half at Villages. That's right. Some of that brain health right there by challenging us to go new ways. And Marilyn, I loved what you said about going in and getting your old cards and mailing something out like that because you don't have to go to the store. You can just go to your little bin and get your cards that you've had there for years. Of course, we have our Zoom calls. So we are virtual and Mm -hmm. one of the things we're doing at Villages is teaching people how to use their Zoom. Now they do of course, have to have a device, a phone or an iPad or a, sure. a, a computer, and uh, they're learning some of the, the computers don't have the camera. And I mean, it's, it, we've, we've had a lot of la- 
laughs through this, but everyone is learning and getting quite excited about learning something new. In the past, as Julie said, we haven't been forced to do this. And so Mm -hmm. this is uh, giving us an opportunity, and we're choosing to look at it as just that, an opportunity. Yes, amen, opportunity, baby. Let me reinforce some of the things that Marilyn said. First, she was exploiting every opportunity she could find to communicate. And that included simple things like paper. We shouldn't overlook that paper is a means of virtual communications. And she did this process of finding Christmas cards. Uh, Everybody has Christmas cards. They didn't have to go to the store. So they were sending around revised virtual greetings. And she realized that this was a great opportunity for all of them to use their imaginations. They were, they were being forced to be creative. Necessity is the, the mother of invention. She used phone calls, she was using Zoom calls, and she was training people how to use Zoom. So we're getting to that second point of figuring out what people can do, what they can't do, what they need extra training to to do in order to get more communication going on. And she discovered that uh, people were excited about the new learning. And in the process of doing this, of challenging people, of having them deal with novel activities, they were doing a great job of supporting brain health with this challenge and creativity. Robin then asked me to explain a little bit more about MindRamp's MAPS method and the virtual cognitive activity design project that we are initiating. Motivation, assessment, planning, and skills for survival and sustainability, essentially. And um, I was saying, you know, Julie was doing a wonderful job <laughs> of doing it. We're putting together, Roger and I are putting together a, a kind of a guideline for how, how can you take the cognitive activity design program that we've, we've been, that Roger's been teaching, um, and make it virtual. And part of the instructions there are saying you should do exactly what Julie and Marilyn both did. But mm-hmm. you know, the fact that um, Julie did an assessment first, that's one of the things that we put in our guidelines. Uh, if you're going to start to do virtual communications, you have to know what you're, the people you're communicating with, what they're capable of doing. Julie, what you are doing is advanced assessment because you are going to find out what resources they had. If someone only spoke by phone, there's a group for you. Mm. If they only mm-hmm. emailed, there's a group. Mm. And there are ways with Zoom, which is a computer-based, mm-hmm. that you can have someone call in and listen Mm -hmm. only. And most of what we've done with Zoom groups in the last few days is to point Mm -hmm. out that Zoom is primarily audio. Even though you can see people in their pajamas or whatever, (laughs) but it's primarily exchanging information. It's like the party lines in the the early Uh, years, and people love to listen in. So, Julie, you're doing a beautiful job, and you don't know it. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Look at you. I am motivated. And we were saying, there you have your silver lining, because people Mm. are, suddenly they're having to learn new things, and they're energized about it, so it's, uh, that's a wonderful deal. Marilyn was talking about 
that. Um, young people have Zoom. Um, I mean, one of the things I think Julie was saying is that you're finding out that people have equipment, but they may not actually have used exactly. it or learned how to use it. So that's a second step you can make. Uh, Maryland's teaching people how to use Zoom. So people are going to come out of this with more skills, more skills mm -hmm. for sustainability. And it's also getting back into the meaning and purpose. So all of this is, is good for your brain and good for your spirits, actually. So uh, it looks like, you know, we're <laughs> you're doing a great job of finding the silver linings within this sport, both yes. yourself and, your, and the people you work for. Well, uh, mm -hmm. On one more point that yes. I wanted to make, it, but Marilyn is being very creative about thinking through, you know, when we say virtual, we think, oh, you know, these highfalutin technologies. Mm -hmm. But it's any way that you can communicate long distance and and mm. you know so paper yeah. those Christmas cards you know if you're gonna that's a virtual uh, means of communication uh, Julie was saying there, phone calls uh, yeah. phone mm -hmm. calls are, are terrific uh, anything that you can use you know uh, has got to be in your arsenal and you've got to be creative and figure out how to make the best use of it let's go to the S of maps sustainability skills to sustain both Maryland with her virtual community and Julie with her actual community, mm. they need to know that this virus cabin fever may be weeks or months long, so they have to adjust and come up with new ideas to sustain. And that's where mm -hmm. creativity and teamwork comes in so that everyone is on the same plane going in the same direction not left behind. Can I ask all of you, Roger, Michael, uh, Julie, and Marilyn, are you personally experiencing any cabin fever? Yes. <laughs> Just the short answer, yes. <laughs> We're having a discussion about cabin fever, and I was noting that I think that people react differently depending upon whether they're introverts or extroverts. Mm -hmm, very much. I'm basically an introvert, okay. and I, so one of the definitions of that is that I get energy more from myself than from other people. My mm. wife is the opposite. Okay. She gets energy from other people, so she's experiencing the stir craziness more than I am, I think. Uh. Roger and his wife are the opposite <laughs> if i'm if i'm characterizing it right uh, roger yeah yep. you're wanting to get out and go and be with people hmm? right and one of the things that i do michael that i've told you and this is for all the audience especially if you listened last week when we talked about the single evidence-based study clinical trial in 2008 showed that Outdoors, looking outdoors, yes. being outdoors, stick your nose out into the fresh air, which is probably cleaner than it was a week ago, <laughs> and, take a deep, and take a deep breath several times a day mm. with the TV off, with yep. the news off. That mm -hmm. seems to be something that you'll have for two minutes, and then pretty soon that felt so good. That afternoon, you'll go for four minutes, and then pretty soon you're saying, I don't have to walk outside, although that, that would be wonderful. Even if you're only able to look or sniff outside, that counts. And I noticed on uh, Facebook, people were starting to post pictures of landscapes, no wow. people, just mm -hmm. landscapes, mm -hmm. to Perfect. achieve that very same thing in the mind. Mm -hmm. The mind is such mm -hmm. a wonderful thing, yep. and I'm, I'm seeing that, uh, what you call, do you call it naturomics? Have you named that one yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good name. It's all, it's actually Major called aerobics. Major yeah, aerobics. Neural nature. 
And because the word neuro is connected with the brain, as long as you get your nature fixed, the dosage, which is how many minutes you need, and the frequency, the timing, is individually determined by that's too much outside, that's not enough, but you've got to get your doses. As Michael said, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, that'll give you a guide. But everyone needs to look outside and look to animals and plants that don't mm. even know we have a virus. Ha! That's so true. We have long known that we should look outside mm. to rest our eyes. I, before mm. this last year, meeting the mind ramp gentleman and working with villages, I had never thought about it energizing my brain. Mm. So for me, just understanding what I can do for myself has been a huge leap forward in terms of my ability to handle even this time of life. And I would say that my situation as far as cabin fever is much like the lady who said she had longed for time to clean her house. (laughs) And now that this is a situation, she said, apparently that wasn't the problem. I love it. My dogs, when I first took them on a walk, I've been doing that. We get out almost every single day to take a walk with our family. And because we don't want to get completely tied to our uh, iPads and television and phones and Facebook and all that, we were making ourselves get out and do the nature thing. And I am also leading, saying that, you know, talking to Villages OKC and Julie and Roger and Michael, I am motivated to do these things because what they're telling me it does for my brain, just like Marilyn said, just unaware, really, or take it for granted that, is that really even doing anything? It, it, my dogs look at me like, lady, what are you doing? We're going on a walk, but they love it. My dogs are so into it now. It's their new normal, and they're loving it. Um, That's really the point of, of the uh, cognitive intervention idea you know, that you were talking about with Roger is it's our job to make people aware uh, and you know, to think about taking care of your brain and taking care of your mind. We, we just kind of take our mind and brain for granted. Uh, and if we do that, you, one of the things you're vulnerable is that you, you slip into bad habits mm. and do things that are actually risky. You know. But if you're more mindful about it, then you, when you get, have a choice to make, oh, I'm going to make the choice that actually is protecting my brain and strengthening yeah. my brain, and you'll be better off for it. There you go. We do only have a minute. What are some of you trying to do to help avoid for these members or your residents some stir craziness, maybe a de- uh, going into some, some lightweight depression or withdrawing? What are some of your tactics there, ladies? One of the best things we do, and we do this all along because our philosophy is to life with others, not mm. for. What we know is that I come out of depression the best when I'm doing helping someone else. Yep. And so my biggest challenge is finding uh, a way that each member can do something for somebody else, call somebody else, or sometimes you know suggest a way that they can interact with someone else. So if I can help each person find their niche, uh, that's how they'll be most fulfilled and energized and uh, actually uh, feeling very, very uh, productive, and, and that's all what we are about. So finding ways to help others. Great. Good word. Marilyn, do you, Michael, are you able to communicate with all of your members and, and know mm. and sort of get feedback from all of them? Well, yes. Um, 
it, it takes different methodologies. Uh, you know, we use right. uh, text for the Bobby Guns of the world. We <laughs> use Zoom for some. We use emails for some. We use phone calls mm-hmm. for some. And when they don't respond, then we use another tactic. So um, uh, the answer is yes. Right, well, what you're saying is revealing. You're you're finding different strategies for different groups of people who who respond differently to different things, which is kind of what it seems like we have to do to live in this virtual world and and get to all of the people we want to get to. That's right. Actually, that's always been the case. Yeah. I mean, you have to talk yeah. a little bit <laughs> to the culture, and and honestly, Michael, it has changed from day to day. For example. Uh, Paula that we have been calling uh, weekly to check in, and she said, look, guys, I have enough food. Bill and I are just fine, and I'm really busy on the phone calling all the people at my church. Why don't you just call me every other week? <laughs> so we are <laughs> as well. That's great, but at least they're communicating that to you. Right, yeah. and and she knows we care, and we know that she's caring for others. That's our whole goal. So go. If she's accomplishing that, then there's no reason for us to keep to our agenda. It right. is a about helping them find their niche, and she obviously had found hers. We will check periodically to make sure that that's still the case because it could change. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so we we um, we keep that yin and yang in, in the process, I guess. That's good. Julie? Julie, yes, Miss Julie. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's inspiring and encouraging to hear, you know, what everybody's doing, and hopefully that's what the listeners are taking away, too. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe even opportunities that they can employ in their own um, areas of life uh, here in Oklahoma. But um, I think at Concordia, you know, one of the things that I'm inspired by um, with is that we have a team approach. And um, everybody within the team that is considered essential that's still on campus is doing everything in their power to um, provide the residents there with opportunities because so many of our you know, freedoms, if you will, have been, um, you know, kind of stymied right now because we're being encouraged by the governor to do this, that, or the other. And so providing opportunities, you know, where, you know, you have a decision for what you want for a meal and we have activities that we're bringing to you and it's not the same thing every time. And we have, um, you know, people calling you and it's not always the same person. And we have, you know, just different avenues that we're engaging folks. And so it's not, there's some routine, which I think that also brings uh, some balance and some normal to life um, when we have a new normal. If you have some uh, structure, that's that's encouraged and is good. And we have provided that because we have, they know what to expect. They get their newspaper first thing in the morning and then they have their breakfast delivered and then they have, mm. you know, some activity that's dropped off and, you know, then they get a phone call maybe from a staff member or an email um, and the day goes on. And so, you know, they have these benchmarks, if you will, that they know they can expect and that gives some normalcy um, and, and a routine to things. But then each day there's something a little bit different and right. that allows you to not um, hyper focus and you know I think what is it that quote is about uh, the best part of communication is listening you mm. know and so mm. if we're if we're listening to each other and you know we know when somebody maybe is having a down day and you know some comment they've made is not their normal mm-hmm. then we're able to kind of expand on that um, I've had some amazing conversations with some of the residents about how they met their spouse oh. or you know, um, some, you know, some fun fun anecdote about a, you know, childhood memory, you know, or, you know, their kids in school. We talked about that when all of the, you know, the hubbub about having to homeschool your kids, you know, and then having conversations about what that would have looked like for them, you know. So um, it just diverts your attention. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you know, 
pattern interrupt, if you will, um, allows for you to have a different frame of mind. But we, you know, the interesting thing is when this all kind of started to unravel, one of the first conversations I had with the residents, and this was a common theme through several conversations that I had, and I just, I wrote it down because that, to me it was pretty impactful, mm-hmm. is that there wasn't one of us that couldn't say we had been through something personally that was much harder than mm. what we were being asked to do. That's this is good. definitely not the hardest thing we've ever had to do. It's not it's not easy, it's not pleasant, it's not desirable, but it's not the hardest thing we've ever had to do. Um, we've got a lot of comforts, you know, that's <laughs> we're able so to do true. a lot of things if we focus on what we can do and not what we can't do. <laughs> I have to applaud. That was perfect. <laughs> oh my word. And Hey, Marilyn, tell us about what that little um, letter from Villages OKC said. Well, I think you're referring to the part that uh, those of us in the villages, which means we're over 50, have experienced a lot of life already. And that's one of the advantages that we have in looking at this. It gives it perspective, Mm. which means I've seen polio. (laughs) I've seen um, the uh, Y2K. I mean, Mm. actually, the world was falling, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything was going to Mm. stop, but it didn't. And, And when I went and looked back, there has been a crisis every year right. that was earthshaking, except that we got through it, and now it's nothing when we look back That's in comparison. So and so that perspective is what the mature uh, minds of Oklahoma City offer to the younger ones. In fact, we're giving them hope and in our own office and in our own families. We've often heard, thank mm. you, yeah. because you're giving us hope that this this is going to be okay. It'll, yeah. it'll pass. And I think that's why some of those younger ones are so fearful. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Absolutely, Marilyn. Michael, Roger, what are your final thoughts? I wanted to go back to a word that you brought up earlier, collaboration. Mm. Uh, I think I think what we're hearing is that as we're all kind of adjusting to this new normal of this particular crisis, <laughs> which we, we haven't faced quite this kind of uh, crisis before, I mean, in its details, but the way we're getting through it, obviously, is by collaborating and cooperating. Mm. And what we want to do, I mentioned that Roger and I are putting together sort of guidelines on how to keep your brains healthy and your mind sharp in a virtual environment. And it's great to to hear Julie and get strategies from her and to listen to Marilyn, get strategies from her. And Robin, you were telling us about what you're doing with your family. Mm -hmm. You know, we can pull all of that together, try to extract the the lessons from that and we can all use that and and share it so um you know i agree that's my takeaway that's, that's great i love it be bold and be fearless because this will be the virus of 2020 we'll all get through it amen hallelujah guys <laughs> okay <laughs> um yes mind ramp roger and michael have a podcast so make sure you go to mindramp.org org thank you so much everybody we're do, we're practicing you, social distancing i love it Robin. yes absolutely bye guys thank you bye bye here on the eagle 1640 a.m. kzls